0: Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Welcome to the tale of the tape. Welcome back to another episode of The Tale of the Tape. I'm Kenny Keith, and with me, as always, boxing connoisseur Vince Cummings. What's going on, Vin? What's happening, Ken? Glad to be here, buddy. All right, so this past Saturday night, live from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, Arislandi Lara, the American dream, the Cuban defector, challenged Saul Canelo Alvarez at a catchweight 155 pounds for the one hundred and fifty five pound championship of nothing. Of, yeah, of exactly. Um, and this fight leading into it had storylines behind it, had build up, had hype. And what we thought was going to happen kind of did happen. But then things got a little bit out of control as in the first three fights, Lara came out slick, mobile and evasive. And Canelo looked slow, plodding, and did not know how to catch up to Lara until about the fourth round when some body shots started to land on Lara. And then all of a sudden, the marshal fired the gun and Lara took off to the races. <laughs> so at the beginning of this fight, when, when, when Lara seemed to be executing somewhat of a game plan, what went wrong for Lara? his
1: problem was and we talked about it leading into the fight. He just did not get off enough. You can't you can't run like he did and just throw a little pitter-patter 1-2 out there. And yes was he landing it clean sometimes? Sure, he was. But it was nothing of uh any with any power behind it. It did not catch Canelo's attention whatsoever. Uh he he just he did what we said he was going to do. He got a little in the middle of the fight, got a little Lacks in his attack and his approach, and, and he's got nothing to be uh, complaining about as far as I'm concerned.
0: So, the scorecards for the fight were uh, Dave Moretti scored at 115 to 113 for Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Jerry Roth scored at 113 to 115 for Lara. And then Levi Martinez, with the what some pundits are calling an aberration of a scorecard, scored at 117 to 111. What did you think about the scorecards, Vin?
1: Uh, uh, the 115, 113 cards, I could agree with one way or the other. Uh, I'm, it, it all depends on what you're looking for as a judge. Each judge is looking for something a little different. Uh, Levi Martinez, yeah, he may have been a little egregious with the 117, 111, but it's not that far of a stretch. It's not this this fight needs to be under investigation and he should be kicked out of scoring fights for the rest of his life. It's look the fight was what it was it was tough to score yeah nobody took control nobody there was no ebbs and flows it was just kind of was what it was it was it was very hard to score for a judge
0: yeah i i completely agree when we when when watching the fight live i scored at 115 to 113 for canelo but then when i watched it back the next day i had it scored 116 to 112 so my card Got uh, you know, it, it ended up being a little bit closer to Levi Martinez than than it obviously was to uh, to Jerry Roth, who scored at one thirteen to one fifteen for Laura. But I completely agree with you, Vin. I mean, there there was nobody seized control of this fight. So one way or the other, did
1: anybody deserve to win this fight? Ben? I I you know, you couldn't complain if you lost the fight because neither fighter was like we said effective for any extended period of time. N- neither fighter put their stamp on the fight. I mean, I guess you could say Lara did by running. That was more his fight than Canelo's. But I don't really think when you're circling the outside of the ring, you're necessarily in control of the fight. Right. You're you're controlling where the fight goes because he's chasing after you, but that doesn't mean you're in control.
0: Okay, so that is that leads to um, one of the four criteria for judging a fight is ring generalship. Now, ring generalship is defined in boxing, um, in in scoring as the person who dictates the tempo of the fight and controls the action in the ring is considered to be the ring general, the boxer who makes the other man fight his fight. So, <laughs> at the beginning, it looked like for the first three rounds that Laura was going to try that 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 he was somewhat successful at. at getting Canelo to chase him because he really wasn't running as much as he was evading and and, and moving. Right, right. And then as soon as Canelo catches him with some solid contact to the body, then he takes off running. So then who's in control of the fight? Is it the aggressor? Because at that point, if you are literally, if if your goal is to try to avoid getting hit,
1: are you dictating tempo? Yeah, I mean, I question that too. You know, that's, that was my biggest gripe with you know some of the stuff I read after the fight was people's definition of what you're talking about. Look, you, you can't you can't be a ring general and run. Is there any general in any war that's no. that's run from anybody? No. I, I mean, it's you know no
0: I, retreating is part of war. Right. You know, you retreat and then you attack.
1: Right. You retreat and then you attack. You you can't you can't be in control of the fight and be clearly avoiding an actual fight, right? The fight that the other, the guy you're fighting wants you to do, wants you to step forward. Just not, not for the entire fight, just step forward and exchange for a little bit (laughs) for 30 seconds. Can we step in, step in and exchange punches? Okay. So
0: in talking about this, we know, okay. So Laura obviously wasn't the ring general, right? So Canelo is chasing Laura. So he's not initiating it either because he's, He's following him around so nobody's in control of the fight. Yeah, I you mean you got one guy running and one guy
1: uh, <laughs> and one guy chasing. And Canelo looked, you know, I, I'm not going to say he looked bad. He didn't look bad. Nobody wants to have to deal with what he had to deal with in the ring that night, but he showed some some ineffectiveness in moving his head on the way in. I don't know who's going to teach that kid that he's got to move his head from side to side. He he just walked Right into luckily, Laura was throwing soft punches because he walked into a bunch early, yeah. And also, his he was unable to cut off the ring when he had opportunities to. Did he do it occasionally and and rip some nice shots to the body? Yeah, he did, but not enough.
0: Yeah, I see here. Here's where I have a problem with that is is because there there comes to a point when when Canelo would close ground on him, okay, on Laura and Laura. As soon as Lara split and got away, he would literally get to the other side of the ring as as Canelo was turning around. So he, the distance was so far away that as Canelo was was then trying to come across the ring towards him, he would move to the other corner. Yeah, and it it just got to a point where it, he, cutting off the ring seemed to be nearly impossible for a guy that is as heavy footed
1: as Canelo. Oh, and. When he did cut off the ring, he was even still a little bit ineffective and in say, when he did get him on the ropes at times, he couldn't keep him there for an extended period of time. Lean on him. Put your big ass into his chest and lean on him for a second. Hold him there. Yeah. There's some other tactics that can be used that he just, he's a young fighter. He's going to learn.
0: Okay, so then we move to other criteria. So then we go to defense. Okay, so Canelo um didn't really play much defense because he he allowed he allowed Lara to punch through his guard and Lara was pretty much only throwing jabs to contact that was pretty much the only thing he was making contact with okay so that you had little to no defense on Canelo's side of things all right and then so you give the defensive edge to Lara because there were moments in the fight where Canelo was initiating aggression and Laura was able to duck and and get out of the way? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's
1: tough, man. So it's it's
0: a a toss-up again then, right? Yeah,
1: it really is. I mean, I think in in most judges' eyes and in most people who saw the fight, they're going to say, defensively, Laura was more effective. Okay. Just because Canelo, like I said before, he just walks in sometimes. He's got to stop doing that. That looks amateurish. It looks bad. When you're just getting caught cleanly, whether it's a, a great punch or not, you you got to have some sense of at least letting that punch roll off you. He walks straight into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as extreme as like Provodnikov against Jerry, no no, 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 not at all. You know, I mean, I think he's a little bit more, um, you know, aware of what's going on than than say, you know, just a traditional brawler because there are elements of boxing that, um, that Canelo does. And, you know, he has improved a little bit. But I think it became so frustrating. The last thing on his mind was not – bobbing and weaving and and moving his head side to side. It was just trying to get to him. So then we, we moved to the uh, you know the last two criteria then, okay? So we have effective aggression.
1: Well, that was hands down. Effective aggression is Canelo's all the way.
0: Okay, so if we can agree that, let's just say, okay, defense is a toss-up, but I agree with you. I, I'm, I have no problem giving the edge on defense to Lara, okay? So ring generalship. That's a draw. Yeah. Okay. Effective aggression, that goes to Canelo. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, clean and hard punching, that's our fourth criteria.
1: I would say that. I mean, obviously, Canelo landed the harder punches, but uh, there just there wasn't enough. Yes, did he get to the body effectively? But I don't ever think he got to Lara's head maybe more than one or two times effectively. I. It seemed like he strictly focused on the body. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you know it's it's you had to stop him from running somehow.
0: Exactly. And I think one of the the biggest mistakes that that boxers make when they when when they fight against defensive fighters like like Floyd um and I'm not going to sit here and compare Floyd to Lara like Lara wanted to compare himself to Floyd over and over and over again. Yeah um but they tend to lean back and they keep their head away from getting punched right you know and when when Canelo was able to get inside on him is when you saw him land that uppercut that split Laura you know and and cut him deep and he had a good cut man in his corner and the thing was is he st- he stayed even further away after that you yeah. know
1: yeah once he felt it he you could tell once he got him into the, the body real good in the fourth round he he definitely made a, a concerted effort to s- Stay a little bit further away.
0: Okay, so if we're if we're going off of these boxing criteria, and it, it leans it leans towards a one fifteen to one thirteen card for Canelo, that's what it leans towards. it, it does. You know? And and I I don't have a problem. If that fight would have went in Lara's direction, I w- I probably would have thrown um a a little bit of a tirade and gone on a little bit of a rant as far as um you know that style being so unbelievably not appealing to casual sports fans, to the people that um, you know, there'll be one guy in a group of friends that is a diehard boxing fan and he'll order the fight. You know, like at your your place back in the day, you would order the fight, all your buddies that are all sports fans would come over. Right. Some people were more into it than not, depending on who was fighting. Right. But you know, you, you cannot grasp the attention of a sports fan, not just a boxing fan, by watching the style of, 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 of fight that Laura brought to this table was I can
1: do without ever seeing this guy fight ever again. Yeah. I think he, he did damage to his career with that fight as sad as it is to say that not only is he the most avoided fighter in boxing, was he the the most avoided in fighter in boxing before that? Now he's going to be even more avoided because no, there's no fans that want to see him. Not only does the fighter not want to fight him, But he's no draw. No. He is no draw for anybody.
0: No. I've never in my life... I've watched some Floyd fights where he has... His primary focus in the fight was pot shot, counter punch, defense. Mm -hmm. That's it.
1: De De La Hoya fight was kind of like that.
0: Exactly. And you know what? At least... Floyd doesn't go on the run. He he will stand and he will just out-athlete you. Right. You know? He he uses his athleticism and and you know, his agility and his boxing ability and he stands there because he knows that to be able to win the fight he's going to have to throw punches too. Oh, of course.
1: You know, you got to get close enough to do that. And when he when he fights in a I'll say a similar style to Lara, he does not run around the outside of the ring like that. But when he gets off a punch, it's not He's not playing patty cake right now. He's not, maybe not going to knock you out with one punch, but you're going to feel it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's completely different.
0: Uh, Yeah. and, And that's just it. Floyd. See, I keep hearing from these boxing purists that, you know, Laura fits the bill of, you know, these are the rules and he fights so perfectly within these rules. No, he doesn't. He does not use the natural abilities that he has. He did not use those to use the rules in his favor in this fight. Floyd fights to these four qualifiers Uh to perfection. He will always win. He stays undefeated because, like you said, when he does hit... It is effective aggression. Right, he hits with a purpose. He plays defense better than anybody in boxing. He controls every single fight that he's in, and his fights are clean and he's accurate and he never gets hit. Exactly. So you win every criteria. So Arizlandi Lara, I'm sorry. I know we follow each other on Twitter and whatnot, man. But you've got to, you need to relinquish your campaign of whining and crying because not only do people not want to see your evasive, boring, fraudulent, scared, cowardly style of, of, of quote, unquote, Cuban boxing that you provide. But now you're coming off as being a baby in a fight that you could have seized and you had an opportunity to win if you would have tried to, but he was so arrogant within his own style.
1: So arrogant. Yeah. He let, he let it slip through his hands. I think he had a serious opportunity to win that fight and kind of win it what it looked like in the first three rounds, he, he had a chance to win it going away if he just would have been a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, I mean, there's no question about you, it. And you, he can't, he's got, quit crying, dude. Quit crying. His fans, I'm tired of hearing them cry about it. You you can't expect to win a fight when you fought that way. And on, honestly, Vince, I don't even think the people
0: that are crying on his behalf or even his fans, they just don't like Canelo. Yeah,
1: I, I, obviously Canelo's gotten popular now, so there's just as many haters as there is, people that like him
0: absolutely well so it looks like next up um Canelo is 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 more than likely regardless of what he said after the fight there is no chance of a rematch hell no and I seriously would not I would not watch the fight
1: I I might watch it three years from now if they decide to do it again if it's going to be a little different
0: yeah if they if they put him in a phone booth and just let him fight. I kept hearing out of his corner leading up to this fight about how Laura in tight quarters is the most accurate puncher in boxing. That when, when, when it, it is nose-to-nose nose and, and they jump into the phone booth, that he doesn't miss. Well, every time that Canelo got close to him, he, he didn't even throw anything. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. He had Those are the opportunities that Laura could have seized this fight as these quote-unquote nobody's better in tight quarters. Well, guess what? He didn't throw anything that wasn't at a jab's length.
1: No, he did not. So, I I'm I'm sorry Laura,
0: but uh farewell and if I accidentally stumble upon you on ESPN2's Friday Night Fights or maybe you've been relegated back to Showbox, I hope I don't have to see you there because uh I'm sorry man, if I want to watch if I want to watch track and field, I'll YouTube some uh some old Olympic, uh, Michael Johnson running the 400 at, in the Atlanta games with his gold shoes on. <laughs> oh, geez, geez, jeez. All right, well, we're going to take a break. There you have our recap of the most frustrating and annoying fight of 2014. If Crawford versus Gamboa was the fight of the year, this was the most forgettable fight of the year. This is the tale of the tape. We'll be right back. Every Thursday night on Sports Rant Radio, The Tale, the tale of the, of the tape. tape, a boxing podcast for you the boxing fan, hosted by the Rants Kenny Keith and SportsRantRadio.com boxing analyst Vince Cummings, giving you all the heavy hitting action inside the world of professional prize fighting. Be sure to tune into SportsRantRadio.com for all the latest episodes of The Tale, the tale, of, the tale of the Tape. Of the tape. Welcome back to the Tale of the Tape. I'm Kenny Keith with Vince Cummings, as always. And we have just completed the breakdown of Canelo Alvarez versus Arislandi Lara. And before we get into some boxing news, let's talk about who do you want to see Canelo fight next, Vin?
1: Uh, I think everybody wants to see him fight Cotto. I mean, that's just, I think everybody would get what they, they'd get their, not their revenge, but they get to see what they wanted to see this past weekend. You know, you'd get Canelo at his best in that fight, and you get Cotto at his best. Two guys that are gonna trade some punches and and give the fans what they want to see. Yeah.
0: And that's uh that that's the direction Canelo needs to go to, whether he needs to fight somebody that's gonna stand and fight him. Um I would love to see him fight Golovkin personally. I, I, I honestly think that you're gonna Golovkin's gonna get his shot if he gets through Giel. I think think so. Yeah, I'm not saying specifically with Canelo. I'm saying he's it's going to be along the lights. He's either going to move up and take on you know somebody in in the uh, 168 or um, you know he's going to get his shot against somebody because they dude boxing is not going to continuously. It's never going to grow. It's just going to become even more of a closet niche sport in the United States if they can't start getting action fights you know, more, more regularly.
1: Yeah, no, that's something that, I mean, especially after this past week, you've got fans, uh, on edge
0: too many pay-per-views involving just too great of, of, of clashes of style, man. It just, it's so unbelievably frustrating. And so now we move into the discussion into some boxing news as we know it is official it is called mayhem on september 13th live from the mgm grand the home of floyd money mayweather as he grants a rematch with marcos chino maidana and i don't know if you if if anybody can tell by the tone in my voice how unbelievably excited i am about this
1: yeah i mean i don't think there was there was anywhere else for floyd to go as far as the the fight needing to be made now the date being secured already. I think we all saw that Floyd uh, wizened up and and got back with uh, Golden Boy.
0: Yeah, what was that all about?
1: I don't know. I think he would. He. I think he thought he might have been a little bit bigger in the sport than he actually is. These these companies control a lot more than he controls.
0: Yeah, if you don't have a promoter's license, guess what? You don't control anything. Yeah, I
1: wonder if he even really knew that. To be honest with you,
0: <laughs> no, that's funny. Well. I'm I I am glad in a in a in a sense even though I I hate the fact that Floyd won't go anywhere and fight anybody I it drives me it drives me crazy um, you know I understand he's the best so he dictates it and whatnot but uh, man that was some serious uh, backpedaling and 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 maneuvering and you know what I I give credit to Oscar De La Hoya cause he he said it he was like hey we're not going anywhere we own this date if he wants to fight it I mean. You know what I mean? He obviously didn't strong, strong arm Floyd. Otherwise, they would have taken the fight to the Barclays Center. Right, right. You know? So why the hell are they fighting again?
1: Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to be able to give you a concrete answer on that. Other than maybe inside those two camps, they seem to think that that fight was more entertaining to everybody than it actually was. I, I really don't. I mean, I think we all saw plain as day, and I think you're going to see it and this second go-around even more, Floyd is going, to, uh, is going to dominate this fight. It's going to be more along the lines of a you 118-110 know, scorecard than it was you saw one scorecard a draw, and the other two were, I believe, 116-112, 117-111.
0: Well, all I know is that this isn't uh, anything that I'm looking forward to seeing. The last fight against Maidana was, yeah, it was 116-112, 117-111, and (laughs) 114-114. Yeah.
1: How do you score that a draw? I don't – I have no idea. Somebody that just really wants to see Floyd Mayweather lose, and they're going to be the judge that's a part of it.
0: So I'll just go
1: ahead and fill my card out as
0: a draw, and whatever else happens after that, I I wipe my hands clean on it. I didn't didn't pick either side. I mean, come on. Uh, Yeah, this is – um. I completely agree with you. There is a fraction of a percent of a chance. The only way that Maidana wins this fight is by catching Floyd. And that is the only way.
1: But he never even really came close to catching him or did he ever seriously hurt him? No. In the first fight. So I don't know where all this, this, this idea that the second time around he's going to do it when obviously we all saw watching the fight that Floyd figured it out as the fight went on. The first 3 rounds, Maidana was able to be a bull in a china closet basically and just be super uber aggressive and it looked like, yeah, man, maybe hey Floyd, Floyd doesn't have it. Maidana might get him tonight. No, Floyd figured it out and that, from that point on it was over.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just it. I I'm dude, I'm I'm completely on board with you, man. This is going to Floyd adapts better than almost anybody in boxing history as the fight goes on. He learns more about a fighter in the ring than most and he's going to this is going to end up so lopsided. And like I said, that's my Donna does not stand a chance even if he changes his complete approach.
1: He won't Okay, well there you go. This has been his approach his entire career.
0: So what we're gonna see is what we're gonna watch Floyd, you know, shut him out. Is that what we're going for here?
1: You're gonna see Maidana do exactly what he did, you know, and try to be even more aggressive about it. But you also, uh, just from reading some articles, Floyd Floyd's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing when he makes these fights. He's gonna get himself a ref in there that does not allow some of the stuff that Maidana was able to get away with in the first fight.
0: Tony Weeks was the referee in the in the last fight. Yeah,
1: and Weeks lets things go. Yeah. Weeks stays out of the way.
0: Let's see. Uh Weeks was the referee for uh Floyd Codo. Uh he was the referee for Floyd uh Juan Manuel Marquez. Um and let me see if there's any more of the recent
1: variety. I mean, Weeks is a great referee, don't don't get me wrong there.
0: Yeah, well, Weeks stopped he stopped Angulo uh, Canelo.
1: Yes, he stepped in on the one uppercut, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that the, the look on his face. Yeah, I mean, you know he didn't want to stop that fight. But anyways, yeah, so it looks like the progression of things. Floyd kind of goes uh, Tony Weeks and then Kenny Bayless. So it looks like maybe Kenny Bayless or uh, uh, Joe Joe Cortez or Robert Bird. We'll just have to wait and see. They haven't announced one yet, so I guess that'll be coming.
1: Please not Joe Cortez. Please, no, you please. don't like him? No, I think Joe's had his, his better days. Yeah. <laughs> he's a hell of a referee, but he's getting a little old.
0: Yeah, uh, it's time to send him out to pasture. Yeah. Okay, so now we move into an interesting matchup. Um, it's official that Manny Pacquiao will be facing the new uh, light welterweight champion, Chris Algeri, coming off his victory uh, in somewhat controversial fashion against the Siberian Rocky Ruslan Provodnikov. Um he's a, a kid from New York, former world kickboxing champion. He's 5 foot 10. He's got a longer reach than Mike Tyson. Um so you can from you know right there the the size differential between these two. You couldn't have uh two more opposite styles. They're going to be fighting Algerian Pacquiao are going to be fighting at 147. I don't see Algeria having any problem fighting at one forty seven He actually might find that he hits a little harder with some I think more so muscle, too. so that may go to his advantage. but let me ask you this Vince. I know you really like algeria's uh style. I like it too um I love how he punches in three four five combos uh three four five punch combos um he's you know he's slick fleet footed um very accurate he's in shape he's a good athlete but do you think that maybe this is a little bit too soon? I mean, Provodnikov is not exactly in the same class as Manny Pacquiao.
1: Uh, no, it's not. That's not even close. But obviously, I mean, if Provodnikov won that fight, he'd be facing Pacquiao too right now. I think that's what the plan was to begin with. And Algeria put the screws to that. But I, I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm really interested in seeing this fight. Uh, I've never seen Pacquiao fight a guy that's almost six foot tall. That has that big of a reach advantage and can box that well. Right. It's going to be very interesting to see how. I want to see Pacquiao's attack. I want to see if it's any different from what he normally does. You know, can is he going to be able to adapt and is he going to be able to get past Algeria's long jab, which we all saw he will pump out there like there, there's no tomorrow.
0: Right. I mean, Provodnikov is so slow and prodding, and Manny is yes. so lightning quick in and out of his punches. I mean, you know his, and you really have to think unless the, uh, you know Algeria is able to gain some strength by, you know, moving up seven pounds. Um, if without the threat of of Algeria actually hurting Manny, I I don't see this ending well for Algeria. I think he's a a great guy. I can't wait to see the way that they promote this fight because I think it'll be interesting. And the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of. uh white dollars out there oh yeah you know what I mean for to uh to buy fights and you know white boxing fans he's the
1: best white fighter white American fighter in quite some time
0: yeah so you know you hate to call it you know you hate to talk in color but that's kind of the way it works and um, that's just the reality of the sport and anytime you know uh, (laughs) white America has always been looking for the great white hope um you know Algeria's slick man and you know I'm with you. I, I think that the the difference in their styles is a lot less threatening to uh, to wind up like Canelo and Lara. One, because Canelo moves with uh, concrete blocks on his feet, and Lara, you know, he operates on the outside of the ring. And, you know, his one-twos, and he's very defensive, where Algieri isn't necessarily—his priority isn't defense.
1: Defense is just a part of what he does. Right. So— so how do you see that fight going? Right? I, I would, yeah, I mean, I, like you, I think anybody's going to have to say Pacquiao's got the upper hand and, and should be able to handle Algieri, most would say, by knockout or by TKO. Something tells me that it's going to be a little bit different. I I feel like that fight's going to go the distance and be a little bit more, you know, a little bit closer, a lot more nip and tuck than, than most guys are are going to think it's going to be.
0: Well, or this could actually be the knockout that the Pacquiao camp's been looking for for a long time. Yeah, I mean this
1: <laughs> this could be Aram's setup, but once again, I think Aram thought the same way with when he put him in there with Provodnikov, and he got you know he got the surprise of his life.
0: Yeah, I, I if they promote this right, I think that uh, you know this could actually do really well.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. It, it, it'll do just as good as as the Rios fight did. You think? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. I'm not a big fan of Rio, so I can do without him altogether. Um, All right, so there you have it. The two big names in boxing finally have their opponents, and once again, they will not be fighting one another as time goes on and age flies by and blah, blah, blah. Vin, so that'll do it for this evening. I think it does it. Any more uh, news, notes, comments, concerns? No concerns here. (laughs) No concerns.
1: Just just throw some damn punches next weekend. Yeah,
0: please. Can we see some fighting? Shucking and jiving ain't going to fly here at the tail of the tape. (laughs) I'm Kenny Keith for Vince Cummings, and we will see you again next week here on Sports Rant Radio. Tune in next time for a special preview edition of Golovkin versus Geel. And drop by SportsRantRadio.com for all the archived episodes of The Rant and The Tale tale of the the tape. Tape.